It's Friday night and it's time for another Free Valleys Radio racing show. On the show this week, we've got, first of all, a full preview of the King George at Kempton on Boxing Day. We've got another equine superstar to remember. All the news and fixtures. And all our usual guests, including Jamie Snowden, Gavin Sheehan, Richard Phillips, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson and Simon Holt. So get your pens and papers handy and let's hope we can give you a few winners to help pay for Christmas. Welcome to the last racing show before Christmas and uh, we're not going to waste much time we've got so much to get into the show so let's get straight away over to White Padden and get the racing news for the week. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Let's kick off with a what's on this Christmas, a full rundown of the festive schedule. The ITV Racing Christmas Festival features six days of top-class action on the channel from 12 different tracks in Britain and Ireland between December the 26th and January the 1st. Some 41 live races will be shown in all, including eight Grade 1s such as the King George VI Chase with the Welsh Grand National and Cheltenham New Year's Day card among the big race highlights across a spectacular six days of racing on terrestrial television across the festive period. December the 26th sees Kempton, the King George VI Chase Day and Weatherby, the Roland Merrick Chase Day. December the 27th sees Chepstow with the Welsh Grand National Day and Kempton with the Desert Orchid Chase Day. December 28th we are at Leopardstown with Savile's Chase Day and racing from Leicester. December 29th sees us still at Leopardstown for the Matheson Hurdle Day and Doncaster for some racing. Uh, December 31st sees us at Newbury, Warwick and Lingfield with January the 1st being Cheltenham, Musselburgh and Tremor. Let's look at that in a little bit more detail. Here's Monday the 26th of December. Strap in everybody! Racing is back in full force on the busiest day in the calendar on day one of the ITV Racing Christmas Festival with no fewer than 10 meetings across Britain and Ireland which includes masses of top quality action. Armchair viewers are in for a treat over the festive period with ITV Racing bringing you all the big races in Britain and several in Ireland. Many eyes will be drawn to Kempton, in particular the Grade 1 King George VI Chase at 2.30. La Homme Presse is now disputing favouritism with Charlie Hall Chase winner Brave Man's Game, who won the Kautosk Star Novices Chase on this card last year. And alongside a strong ditchit team, he bids to give Paul Nichols a 13th win in the race. There is plenty more top-level action at the Surrey venue, which is sure to bring in a huge crowd. And the Christmas Hurdle at 155 features anti-post champion hurdle favourite Constitution Hill. 
The rescheduled long walk hurdle at 12.45 is another feature of a packed card at Kempton and could see a thrilling rematch between Champ and Paisley Park. More Grade 1 action comes from Ireland. The Forheen Novice Chase at 2.40 takes place at Limerick where the unbeaten Jerry Colombi will take his first step into top company for George Elliott, who is also represented in Leopardstown's brand-new racing post-app novice chase, that 2.20, by triumph hurdler runner-up Phil Dore. Elsewhere in Britain, the Roland Merrick Handicap Chase is the feature on Weatherby's card. Market Raisin puts on the Lincolnshire National and Wincanton hosts a per temps qualifier, more action comes from Newcastle, Fontwell, Huntington and Wolverhampton. If that isn't enough, Frankie Dettori, who recently announced he is to retire at the end of 2023, is riding at Santa Anita in the US. So moving on to Tuesday, December the 27th. The top level action keeps coming, with Leopardstown providing the majority of it. The Paddy's Rewards Club Chase at 110 could feature a thrilling clash between champion chase winner Enerjamine and stablemate Chasson Poursoir. Also at the Irish track is a potentially exciting encounter between champion bumper 1-2, Facile Vega and American Mike in the Paddy Power Future Champions Novice Hurdle at 145, while the Paddy Power Chase at 3 o'clock is always competitive. The second day at Kempton contains a pair of grade twos, often won by horses to follow. The Wayward Lad Novices Chase has been won by the season's Arkle winner in the last two runnings, and the Desert Orchid Chase was won by Shiskin last year. If marathon chases are your thing, Chepstow stages the Coral Welsh Grand National at 250. The market is currently headed by impressive London national winner Quickwave, while other British fixtures come from Weatherby and Wolverhampton, with Irish action from Limerick. And on Wednesday, December the 28th, the stellar action from Leopardstown continues with another pair of Grade 1s, including the Savills Chase at 2.20, which produced a memorable race last year between Galvin and Gold Cup winner A-plus Tard. Connections will be hoping the latter returns to form following a poor show in the Betfair Chase. The other top-level contest is the Jack de Broomhead Christmas Hurdle at 145, won last year by Classical Dream, who will be primed for a rematch with Jewel Stayers Hurdle winner Flooring Porter after a narrow second in the Hatton's Grace Hurdle. There is more racing from Limerick, which hosts a Grade 2 novice chase, while British jumps fixtures come from Leicester and Catterick, with all-weather racing from Newcastle bringing the day to a close. Then, on Thursday, December 29th, Leopardstown Grade 1 Matheson Hurdle at 2.20 has been farmed by Sharjah, who emulated the great Isterbrack by winning this for a fourth time last year but he is likely to again face champion hurdle contender State Man, who was four lengths ahead in the Morgiana hurdle. The track also stages the Neville Hotel's Novice Chase at 1.45, won by Gordon Elliott in four out of the last five runnings, and the trainer will no doubt have a strong hand with the like of Three Stripe Life, Minella Crooner and Hollow Games, all holding entries for the three-mile grade one. Limerick also stages a card in Ireland, while in Britain the Yorkshire Silver Vars Mares' Chase is the feature at Doncaster, 
with other action coming from Kelso and an evening cart on the all-weather at Southwell. On Friday, December the 30th, the only fixtures on offer come from Britain. Jumping is staged at Haydock and Taunton, where there is more listed action, courtesy of the Byerley stud Mares' Novice Hurdle at the latter track. An all-weather card at Wolverhampton rounds the day off. And on Saturday, December 31st, the Grade 1 action returns with the Chalo Novices Hurdle from Newbury. Paul Nichols often runs his best novice hurdler in the race, and he is likely to rely on Hermes Allen, who made a good impression when jumping well and powering clear for victory at Cheltenham last month. More jumping comes from Warwick and Utoxeter in Britain and Punchestown in Ireland while Lingfield holds an afternoon meeting on the all-weather. And on to Sunday the 1st of January. The new year couldn't start on a better note, with Cheltenham providing the action. The Dipper Novices Chase often produces a good horse and has been won in previous years by La Homme Presse and lost in translation. With the Paddy Power sponsored New Year's Day handicap chase and the Dornan Engineering Rail Keel Hurdle, also part of the seven race card, it should be a cracker. There is some good action from Ferry House, which features the Grade 3 John Fowler Memorial Mares Chase and the Savills New Year's Day Chase. Famously, the starting point of the season for dual Gold Cup winner Al Boom Photo at Tranmore in Ireland. There are some good quality handicaps offering superb prize money at Musselburgh, while Exeter, Fakenham and Catterick host the rest of the day's action. The sole flat meeting is at Southwell, the highlight being an all-weather champions fast-track qualifier. And here's some other news now, here on the Racing News. Bryony Frost expects to return from injury at Lingfield on Wednesday and then be reunited with Frodon in the Ladbrokes King George VI chase at Kempton on Boxing Day. Frost fractured her collarbone in a fall at Banger late last month but has recovered and been riding out the 2020 King George hero for boss Paul Nichols in the last few days. She is confident of getting the green light in a test with physios at Oxy House on Monday and then intends to head to Lingfield on Wednesday to ride newcomer Country Lady, a half-sister to Frodon, in a bumper. Writing on her Betfair blog, Frost said, I'm excited to say that all being well, I'll be back on the race course at Lingfield on Wednesday, so I should be fit again for Frodon in the King George at Kempton on Boxing Day, just as I hoped. I've got another hurdle to jump first when I return to Oxy House on Monday for a return to ride test. But while I'm not taking passing it for granted, I've been through it quite a few times before and I know my body well enough to know that it's mended. Ever since the fall at Banger, I've had riding Frodon again in the King George as my big goal and my recovery has gone just as I hoped it would. The injury was sustained just over a month after Frost returned from a fractured vertebrae in her back from a fall at Aintree's Grand National Meeting. She has ridden three winners this season, including on Froden's comeback in the Badger Beer Handicap Chase at Wincanton in early November. Frost reported Froden in fantastic form for the King George, in which he is set to line up alongside stablemates, Brave Man's Game and Hitman. Next, here on the Racing News. Davy Russell, 
one of the greatest jump jockeys of all time, has retired from riding at the age of 43, with George Elliott hailing him a legend of the sport. The announcement arrived at Thurles on Sunday after Russell won the featured Billy Harney Memorial Irish EBF Mayor's Novice Hurdle on the Elliott Train's Liberty Dance. The 1,579th and final winner of a stellar career that spanned more than 23 years. His first winner came aboard Wright and Royal in a qualified riders handicap hurdle at Gowran Park on May 20th, 1999. His exit from the weighing room has long been mooted, and it was fitting that a rider so ingrained in the grassroots of the game should bow out on such a low-key occasion at Thurles. Victory in a listed race at Thurles didn't quite constitute a blaze of glory to prompt Russell's signature wave and glance to the heavens, a homage to a Western movie that he made his own. But catching everyone off guard felt rather apt. Indeed, he wasn't even supposed to be there, as he replaced Dennis O'Regan after Navan, where he was due to ride, was abandoned. Explaining the timing of his decision, Russell said, It's been a special time and it's great to do it here. It feels like we're here every Thursday. Thurls is kind of like the centre of our sport. It's special to do it here. It's special to do it on a horse for Tim O'Driscoll, owner of Liberty Dance as he's been such a great supporter of mine and the yard, and it's obviously special to do it for Gordon as well. He's been so important to me throughout the years. The stars just seem to align. I had it in my mind to retire a little while back. I said I would do it when I had my next winner. But then with the weather, so much racing was called off. When asked for his own personal highlight over the two decades, Russell replied, I'll never forget my first winner, and I'll never forget my last. But it's hard to get away from Tiger Roll. Russell won two Grand Nationals on Tiger Roll, as well as a Cheltenham Gold Cup on Lord Windermere. He was the most successful active jump jockey in the weighing room, and his bombshell arrives just 24 hours after Frankie Dettori announced he will be retiring at the end of 2023. Although he drew a rare blank at last season's Cheltenham Festival, Russell enjoyed some exquisite big race triumphs last term on Galvin in the Savills Chase and conflated in the Irish Gold Cup, as well as three-stripe life in the Mersey Novices Hurdle at Aintree. Jack Kennedy has gravitated to the position of first-choice rider to Elliot, but Russell continued to hold his own, Liberty Dance being his 27th winner of the season. Given Kennedy's promotion, he didn't have the same quality of firepower to call upon, yet the fact he was running at all was a testament to his resilience. Elliot paid tribute to Russell, saying, Davy has been a legend of the sport. The bigger the day, the better he was. You knew you could trust him, and he's been consistently brilliant for over 20 years now. He has been a massive part of my success, and has always been a big part of the team in Cullantra. He is someone all the young lads and girls here have always looked up to. If they needed advice or a steer in the right direction, Davy was the one they would go to and he was a huge help to so many people. It is time for Jack to step into his shoes now and I think he is more than ready for the challenge. In September 2021, Russell returned to the saddle having spent 11 months on the sidelines with serious injuries. 
He had fractured his C6 and C7 vertebrae and dislocated his T1 when his mount, Dr Duffy, crashed out at the 2020 Mustn't Munster National, but defied the expectations of many onlookers to get back eventually. When I broke my neck, I got a bit of a shock. People thought I was going to retire. Russell reflected at that period. If the injury stopped me, fine, but I was happier to do it on my own terms. It's a testament to my family who never questioned my decisions, albeit how strange at the time they seemed. But I was of the opinion I needed something to push me through the rehabilitation and the best incentive was getting back to ride. Russell exits the scene having been the most successful active rider at the Cheltenham Festival with 25 wins. Despite his age and catalogue of injuries, he has continued to ride with the hunger and panache of a man half his age. Although a Gold Cup winner on the Jim Colotti trained Lord Windermere in a dramatic 2014 edition, when he had to survive a steward's inquiry after drifting across the runner-up on his own, Russell's most storied association ultimately came aboard Tiger Roll. Together, they secured an epochal slice of Aintree history in 2019 by becoming the first back-to-back winner of the Grand Nationals since Red Rum in 1974. At Cheltenham last March, he looked to have conjured a romantic climax to the Tiger's tail when leading over the final fence in the cross-country chase, only for stablemate Delta Work to spoil the party under Jack Kennedy in Michael O'Leary's second gig in Stan's Colours. It might not have been the desired swan song, but the occasion will certainly make for one of the most unforgettable moments in Cheltenham folklore. The COVID-19 pandemic denied the Tiger Roll team a chance to become the first to claim three successive triumphs in the race in 2020, and Tiger Roll was ruled out of the Aintree feature in 2021 and 22, following O'Leary's objection to the mark he was allotted by the handicapper. Tiger Roll's retirement in March was planned and Russell's own departure marks the end of a spectacular 23-year track career. The proud County Cork native, a father of five who is married to Adele, became one of the most revered big race jockeys in recent times. In all, he rode a massive 58 Grade 1 winners including a memorable victory in the 2019 Grand Steeple Chase de Paris on Carry Cow for Isabel Pacolt. It was a Cheltenham in March, though, that the currency of his rare composure and fierce conviction grew in value. He checks out with a festival record that leaves him in joint fourth alongside Pat Taffé on the four-day gala's all-time roll of honour behind only Ruby Walsh, Barry Geraghty and Sir Anthony McCoy. He was leading rider there in 2018 with four wins and, since riding his first festival winner aboard Native Jack in the 2006 cross-country race, banked at least one winner 14 times in the 16 festivals at which he competed. His total of 1,579 winners in Britain and Ireland makes Russell the ninth most successful jump jockey of all time. McCoy, Johnson, Walsh, Geraghty, Richard Dunwoody, Peter Scudamore, Hughes and Paul Carberry precede him on the list, with Tom Scudamore completing the top ten. This has been this week's edition of The Racing News. 
With all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. May I, Mike Padden, wish you all a very Merry Christmas and join us again next time. Now let's check out where you can go racing this Boxing Day. OK, we'll start first of all. There are seven races over the jumps at Down Royal with an 11.40 start. Seven races over the jumps at Newcastle with 11.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Weatherby with an 11.52 start. Seven races over the jumps at Market Raisin, 11.55 start. Seven races over the jumps at Fontwell, 11.57 start. Seven races over the jumps at Leopardstown, 12 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 12.05 start. Seven races over the jumps at Kempton with a 12.10 start. Seven races over the jumps at Wincanton, 12.18 start. Seven races over the jumps at Limerick with a 12.25 start. Seven races over the flat at Wolverhampton on the all weather with a 150 start. And if you want to pop over to America, Santa Anita is the place to go. And on Tuesday, we got seven races over the jumps at Weatherby with an 1150 start. Eight races over the jumps at Chepstow with a 12 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Leopardstown, 1205 start. Seven races over the jumps at Limerick with a 1219 start. Six races over the jumps at Kempton, 12.45 start. And seven races on the flat again at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 4.30 start. So if there's no racing near you, I'm really sorry for you with that selection to go for. Next up, it's time to cast our minds back to another equine superstar. Equine Superstars The Racing Show pays homage to some of the superstars of the turf. And this week's Equine Superstar is Corto Star. Corto Star was by Village Star out of Corto Roca and bred in France by Henri Aubat. He was foaled on the 19th of March 2000 and passed away sadly on the 29th of June 2015, aged 15. He was owned by Clive D. Smith and trained at Ditchie in Somerset by Paul Nichols. He won over £3,775,000 in prize money and among the races he won, he won the Cheltenham Gold Cup twice in 2007 and 2009. He won the King George V chase five times in 2006, 7, 8, 9 and 11. He won numerous other major Grade 1 races including the Tingle Creeks chase twice and the Betfair chase four times. Now let's cast our mind back to 2011 when Corto Star won his fifth King George at Campton. Looks like they're being called in. Here they come. They're off. 
Racing then for the William Hill King George the Sixth Chase. 18 to jump. Quarto Star is alongside the grey Nakarar as they run down to the first of those 18 fences. Golan Way with the red sleeves and red cap is against the rail. Captain Chris is the back marker. Long run, the big nosebound one from the right takes it in fourth position with Summersby as they all clear the first safely. The first of the open ditches coming up now. Golan Way has come through to join Nakara, who stands off in miles from the fence. A half-length behind them was the purple cap of Quarto's star. A few lengths then to Summersby, who's racing in third position in, in company with Long Run. And the orange sleeve jacket then with the uh, white cap masterminded is towards the rear of the field. And Richard Johnson in the two shades of blue on board Captain Chris is just the back marker. Already they're near the completion of the first half mile and they race into the back straight on towards number three. With Golan Way, Nakara, and with the white face on the outer of those is Corto Star in third position. Then Summersby, long run and masterminded almost in line in fourth, fifth and sixth places and still Captain Chris at the rear of the field. The second one on the far side coming up, number four, another plain fence. Golan Way was over it safely in front. Here's five, which is the second of the ditches. Nakara, the grey, continues to be in second place. Corto Star, tracked wide on the track by a long run as they take this ditch. Summersby in the dark green and maroon jacket, and then Masterminded who races against the rails and the blue of Captain Chris at the back of the field. Last in the back straight, Corto Star jumps up on the outside of Golan Way, and they are the pair of leaders as they leave the back straight for the first time. They near the completion now, the first mile. Nakara is the length and a half behind them in third place. Long run. And Sam Whaley Cohen runs in fourth, the brown and orange jacket, masterminded and Summersby together, and Captain Chris in the rear of the field. The three who try the trip for the first time are held up, as now Corto Star gives away to Golan Way, who leads by a length and a half as they move into the straight, on towards seven, eight, and nine coming up. They're all plain fences. Uh, getting rather close to it, Golan Way towards the left is joined by Nakara, and on the right, the purple cap of Quarto Star, Ruby Walsh, these three almost in line as they come to the middle one in the straight on the first circuit. And behind them in fourth place was Long Run, then Summersby in company with Masterminded and still Captain Chris at the rear of the field. Here's number nine coming up, they approach the halfway stage. Coming on towards it, Cordo Star just in front there to Nakara in second position. Long Run is in third, so one circuit to go in the William Hill King George. And this time round, it was fractionally the head of Cordo Star, who was in front past the winning post. Nakara is a neck behind him now in second place. Sam Whaley Cohen has moved Long Run into third. Captain Chris goes a little wide on that sharp bend, running away on towards fence number 10. Golan Way has dropped from the first position to last place now. Masterminded with the white cap is in about fourth place uh, with Summersby and Captain Chris. So coming on to number 10. Having completed one circuit, Nakara and Quarto Star come towards this plain fence by about a length and a half. Orange sleeve jacket of Long Run in, Long Run was in third position. Summersby in fourth. Then Captain Chris and Masterminded. Here's number 11, a ditch. A massive leap from Corto Star there. Cleared it well, though, and still level with Nakara in front. The main group have kicked away now from Golan Way. Seven more to jump. Right-handed to the back straight. Corto Star leads by about three parts of a length. Nakara is in second. Long Run is on the outside of Summersby 
and Mastermind. They're in third, fourth, and fifth together. And then about a length and a half behind those is Captain Chris. And they're now well clear from Golan Way. So into the final mile, the back straight for the final time. And the purple cap of Ruby Walsh on Star is fractionally the leader there. Tanakara in second place. Captain Chris is beginning to struggle. Summersby, long run, a masterminded at snapping at the heels of the leaders. Another plain fence. Star masterminded a bad error there. Dropping back into fifth place. Here is the final open ditch. Number 14, and it's Star to Nakara with then long run the orange sleeve. Summersby in the green and maroon jacket behind him. Captain Chris was over it in fifth position masterminded is next the final fence in the back straight Corto star is leading by two lengths at it now got over it safely long run in second summersby third and then captain chris in fourth nakara's weakened masterminded behind those they're heading towards the home turn then and they have three to jump and in search of a fifth king george Corto star is going to lead into the straight and he's going better than anything in the race long run is in second place three lengths behind the under pressure. Captain Chris in the blue is staying on. Summersby's two lengths by and in fourth position. But they're into the home straight now. Three to jump. Cordo start, the third last. Over it safely. He's three or four lengths cleared. A long run. Captain Chris and Summersby. Heading with two fences to jump then. And Cordo Star still has this about three or four length advantage at the second last. He's at it now. He's jumped it perfectly. Long run in second position. Captain Chris in third. Summersby's behind this in fourth place. It's a five or six length lead. He's rewritten the record book so many times. Cordo Star. Long run is still trying to close on him. The last. Cordo Star. Two lengths ahead to long run in second position. They're heading towards the line. The steeplechaser of a lifetime. Cordo Star is in front. Long run's closing, but Cordo Star has done it. He's won five King Georges. Long run was second. Captain Chris was just third and Summers before. Cordo Star, truly an equine superstar. Well, now it's time to get on the phone and catch up with our tipsters and our trainers and anybody else we can find to talk to, really. So we're going to start with good old friend of ours, Jamie Snowden. Hey, hi, Jamie. Good to have you on the show again. Um, it looks like the weather's going to be good for Christmas, if nothing else. Well, yeah, thankfully we're, uh, we're over that, uh, that frost and big freeze up. And, um, yeah, it's all slashing up now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's going to help, I suppose, from uh, from the horse's perspective. Um just, just talk us through, you know, an average Christmas day at your your stables. How does it all work out? Give us a, you know, from from the time you get out of bed to the time you go back to bed. So um, obviously we've got uh, we've got three young children. So um, the first thing is uh, we put stockings down in the down in the in the sitting room by the fire, and we'll run down there and, and see whether Father Christmas has turned up. Yeah. Um, and um, hopefully as, and then uh, the children will open their stockings and get frightfully excited about everything. Um, then uh, obviously we split up into two teams. Um, one team does New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, should I say, and one team does Christmas Christmas Day. So um, one one lot, of, one and a half of the team will be in. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll go out there and and um, obviously sort the, sort the horses out. Then. Um, that'll be done by by 10 well certainly by 10 o'clock um then we'll, we'll take the children down to church then we'll come back from church um then we'll have have lunch um uh, open up all the presents um and then obviously evening stables and then um tea and and put the children to bed 
Uh, four-legged friends, do they get taken for a walk out or, or do they, they just sort of get cleaned out and, and have a day off riding out? Yeah, any, anything that's running the following day will, will, will go out and have a canter. But um, if, they're not, if they're not running, then they won't have a day off. Right, okay. Um, well, there's no point going for all your runners because you've got, you've got half the stable out by the look of it on the, on the Racing Post page. But um, what do you think is your best chance over Christmas? So, um, yeah, Mondays are... Ebonello won't run. You wear it well, I should imagine we'll wait with her. Um, representing Bob, I'd like to go to Market Raisin, but he might not get in that race. He is in at Wincanton as well, but I'm not sure that's necessarily the right thing for him. Tallow for Cole is in the Roland Merrick, but it looks quite a good race, so we might just bide our time with him. Thomas McDonough might go to Haydock, um, which leaves us Villainess and Roger Pohl and Jack Spratt. Um, three bumper horses. Villainess, I think, will probably go to Utopsia on New Year's Eve. Um, so it might just be Roger Pohl, Jack Spratt, perhaps. So, um, yeah, we, we soon whittle it down and, and um, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow morning at Declarations what, what goes where. But um, it might not be as busy as it looks on the Racing Pace website. Right. OK, but look at, look at it generally. I mean, logistically, that must be quite a, a job if you've got, you know, lots of horses entered at lots of different race courses. I mean, how do you cope with that? Um... Yeah, um, we yeah we sort of you know I suppose the the most we probably have is three or four perhaps um, at different tracks maybe in in the past. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I think this this Boxing Day might not be quite as busy as it as it looks perhaps. I mean, if you've got more than one lorry, or do you do you get some contractors in to help you get move the horses yeah, around? Yeah, exactly. But we con contract out the, the the second box. Yeah, yeah. So it's not quite such a job then, but um, but you'll be you'll be at the wheel, will you on? Uh, Boxing Day? Yeah, I, I should imagine Roger Pohl might run somewhere. So, yeah, I, I, I should imagine I'll go down with wherever he goes. Yeah, so you don't know quite where yet then. But, uh, no. So, so, come on, you've given, you've given us a load of names. What's, what's the one that's going to be the cert winner? Come on. <laughs> well, this is my Christmas cert, present. <laughs> we, we haven't even got a cert runner, let alone a cert winner there, Aidy. But... Um, <laughs> um, Super Survivor might go to Chepstow on on uh, on the twenty seventh. He he would have a decent chance, I'd say. Right. Okay. We'll have a look at that one then. Well, look, Jamie. Thanks so much for all your contributions throughout the year. We do appreciate it, and uh, long may it continue. And I hope you have a very very pleasant Christmas and a very successful Christmas and New Year. You're very kind. Thanks, Eddie, and, and have a have a very happy Christmas to yourself. I will. Thank you very much for joining us again. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Eddie. Take care. All the best. You take it easy. Bye bye. 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 Well, that was Jamie Snowden there up at Lambourne, and now we're going to pop across to Gloucestershire and catch up with Richard Phillips with his assessment of the uh, King George field and a few other useful bits of information. Okay, good afternoon, Richard. Thank you very much for joining us again. Um, looks like we've got a, a, a pretty bumper Boxing Day race meetings all over the country. Yeah, we certainly have. It's always exciting, something to look forward to after the Christmas Day festivities and loads of excitement to look forward to especially at Kempton yeah yeah exactly only nine runners though at the moment anyway yeah but, qu but quality you wouldn't want many more than that really it's a quality race yeah and um, great man's game and long press are ahead of the field I think it all depends on how much rain turns up at Kempton long press is a most impressive winner at the festival last year he was very impressive last time at Newcastle if the ground's soft it may well play in his favour rather than Brave Man's game, but there's a lot of confidence behind Brave Man's game in the Nichols camp. So, all in all, hell of a race to look forward to. 
talking of the Nichols camp, I mean, he's got Hitman, he's got Froden, and he's got Brave Man's Game. Which do you think are the strongest out of, of those three? Well, Brave Man's Game's the favourite. I think it's the one that Nichols thinks is the best chance of winning, obviously. But having said that, I think um, Hitman was pretty impressive last time out. And he could be an improving horse stepping up in trip. And Frodon, of course, is price-wise, is tipping the racing post. Uh, he's always a great judge, and he, he tipped the horse some weeks ago because having won the race in the past with uh, Bryony Frost aboard. But I would say that uh, Brave Man's Game looks the most likely winner from the Nichols camp, certainly. Um, if I was going for an outsider, I would um, certainly think about um, a, a few of the outsiders there. Um, Alex Hales has got a runner there, big outsider, uh, but that could run well at a big price. And Eldorado Allen from the Tizard camp. It didn't finish that far behind. Um, the old Grey didn't finish that far behind uh, Brave Man's game at uh, Weatherby in the Charlie Hall, and he's 20 to 1, and he just could be an each way bet. Yeah, quite. Well, I know Joe's quite confident about him. I mean, obviously, you know, any trainer's not going to stick his neck out exactly and say he's going to win, but he feels, he certainly feels confident about it, I think, when I spoke to him. So, uh, you know, I should be keeping yeah, an eye I mean, on that one. Uh, yeah, that, that, I think that horse looks uh, looks one of the each way bets of the race. I mean, the favourites as they are, you know, you don't win a lot of money putting on a, a tenner on a fifteen to eight. So probably a, an outsider is the one to look for, him, and he looked like the most likely one. But um, yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. And they, without any final, though, there's only nine runners. It, all of them have got a chance to be in the first three. There's no doubt about it. And, and looking at the Kempton card, I mean, there's some outstanding racing there anyway. I mean, you've got Champ and. Uh, and Paisley Park coming up against each other uh, in the tw in the long walk, and then you've got uh, McFabulous uh, in the Quarto Star Novices Chase, and you've got Constitution Hill in the uh, Ladbrokes Christmas Hurdle. I mean, it's all pretty good stuff, isn't it? It's, it's it's cracking stuff, but I think you know whether they're betting propositions any of those is doubtful. But Constitution Hill is five to one on chance at the moment. I mean, he looks like an absolute machine, and yeah. be a huge shock. Should he not win that one? Yeah. But um, not a betting proposition. But again, but fabulous. Looks so he's coming to himself now. He's in the three mile quarter star, as you said, and obviously Chase. He was most impressive last time out. Um, and of course, the, the stayers hurdle, the long walk has been put on, having been uh, called off at Ascot. Ascot, a very difficult course to Kempton. Basically, Park, which certainly had a better chance at Ascot than he would at Kempton, because Kempton's quite a sharpish track and he needs every yard of that three miles. So, the favourite is Champ, and he'll take a lot of beating. Do you think Goshen's ever going to come back to his best? I mean, that, that trip at uh, Cheltenham, sort of, was it Cheltenham, wasn't it, where he tripped up and nearly went down? Um, he's sort of never been the same since, has he? Well, he's a bit of an in-and-out performer. He has put up some good performances since uh, Cheltenham. Was to be a triumph hurdle horse that ended up wanting three miles. So he's stepping up in trip. The owner's confident he'll get the trip. I mean, he's plenty of talent, so he could really run a big one. Yeah. I wouldn't pull people off having to be each way on Goshen in, the, in, the, in that race. But uh, like I say, he, he's not the most consistent and things have to go right. And, and finally then, Richard, any, any, have you picked up anything on the, uh, the um, Welsh Grand National? No, it's far too complicated, the Welsh National, bless. I mean, there's a few favourites there. Harry Fry's horse in there that was meant to go to the race last year. He basically got uh, in a scoring accident before, uh, beforehand and didn't actually run. I know they've always thought a lot of that horse. Um, 
And I think Harry Fry, I will be backing his horse in the, in the Welsh National uh, because I just know that he was, you know, he stays the trip and he was fancied for it last year. But very, very open race, the Welsh National. And again, um, one to three because, you know, the ground's likely to be pretty soft and a one to watch and savour rather than to um, invest in, I would have thought. Okay, sir. Well, thank you very much for that. The uh, the weather looks at least as though it's going to be reasonable, and there's certainly no chance of racing being off. I wouldn't have thought, but judging by what we've seen, so uh, it could be a pretty good boxing day all round, really. Yeah, absolutely. The rain will come. I'll make the ground nice and um, easy for the horses, beat the frost and the snow, and yeah, lots to look forward to an exciting festive period. Well, thank you very much for your uh, selection, sir. I hope you're right and. Um, if you're not, I should come out and sort you out, But um, along with all our listeners, of course. But um, I'm sure you'll be pretty close to it. You usually are. Yeah, normally, Captain Sensible, me. Um, and I think uh, I'd be very surprised if uh, we didn't uh, voice a few winners in that little selection earlier. I think there's... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too many upsets. I think there's some great horses to watch. They won't be great prices, but they'll be lovely horses to see. And exciting to look forward to them for the rest of the season especially going to Cheltenham, horses like Constitution Hill, etc. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. Good. Well, thank you very much for that, Richard. Appreciate your time. Have a nice Christmas, and uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Will do. Many thanks, Adrian. Thank Merry you. Christmas. And you, sir. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. And now we caught up with Gavin Sheehan. Hi, Gavin. Thanks for coming on the show again. Um, what sort of a couple of weeks have you had? I haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks now. How's it been going? Yeah, good enough to be fair. Um, racing obviously was called off there for a while um, with the weather. Yeah. Um, I went off skiing for a couple of days, which was good. Oh, that's um, all right. Yeah, we came back for Foss last, which uh, was never going to be on, but uh, we came back just in case. And, yeah. Uh, got the call, called off. But oh. yeah, look, it, it's, it's been grand. I had a bit of a rest and everything, so yeah. it's all good. And not such a good day today, though. No. 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 <laughs> Move on, <laughs> move on. <laughs> so, t- tell me, I mean, what, what's Christmas like for a for a jockey? I mean, you know, a, a professional jockey like yourself, you you've obviously got to look after yourself. But I mean, can you can you have any sort of sensible food over Christmas? Yeah, um, to be fair, I got a little bit heavy there the last time while I've been off. But um, other than that, then like you know, I, I got my kind of weight back um, on a an even keel now. Um, and then it's just, yeah, I suppose I had a Christmas party last night with Jamie Snowden, which was good. Yeah. Got another Christmas party with Chris Gordon on Friday. And then I'm hunting on Christmas Eve and I'm going around to Henry the Nights for Christmas dinner. Oh, I'll be all right very then. Good. Uh, I'll be able to eat away. Um, I'll be able to have a couple of drinks there on Saturday. Yeah. And then by my day Sunday for a bit of dinner. But obviously we, we can't drink because it's one of the busiest days in racing yeah quite and you you've got a few at uh, hunting's and i see on boxing day yeah 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 looking like i'm gonna go to hunting then um alan king's got a couple there and um jamie might run his in a bumper but um yeah look it's a it's a it's a day where we we might be able to pick up a couple of spares hopefully yeah and uh, of the ones that you've already got lined up what what, what chances do you think they've got um uh, Pumpkin Pride uh, fell last time, but he should be off a nice enough mark, I think. And um, I got Hall Lane in the, the second race um, versus a boys race. But yeah, look, 
he'll hopefully have a chance. Um, he won last time. Four-year-old got to give away a penalty. Um, but yeah, I'd be looking forward to him. You got the thing in the, in the Welsh Grand National on on uh, whenever it is the next couple of days. Uh, no, I'm not lined up for that. No, so a relatively quiet one for you then. Yeah, steady away to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's good. Um, first of all, thank you very much for coming on the show on a fairly regular basis these days. We do appreciate it, and um, yeah, have a good Christmas, mate. Yeah, lovely. Thanks very much for having me on, and uh, have a good Christmas yourself. Well, most of the boxing now, I'll be sat in front watching the telly, I suppose. What do you fancy for the King George? Um, I, I, I don't know what to be honest with you. Say it, it can be such an open race, that. Yeah, yeah, there's an awful lot of ones that you could look at and think they've got a good chance. You know, right down to, yeah. to Joe Tizard's, um, um, what's it, El Dorado Allen. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that, I must admit. It's always a, a good, good, it's an exciting race, and it's... Uh, it's a good good way to just relax after Christmas, really. I think. Yeah, it is to be fair. Um, yeah, it's always good. Um, so it's it, like it's kind of one of it's a routine kind of Christmas routine for a bit of a jockey. Um, yeah. Because obviously we're, we're we're busy enough and we can't kind of let our hair down too much. But uh, we still enjoy Christmas Day. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I was debating whether to go and see Yeovil got a um, local derby against Torquay, so whether I should stagger down to see that, I don't know, I doubt it. Too cold, I think. <laughs> but uh, look, Gavin, thanks ever so much for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. Have a lovely Christmas, and uh, we'll speak to you next week sometime, if that's okay with you. Well, that was Gavin Sheehan. Uh, looking forward to uh, a relatively quiet Christmas. Right, now it's time to catch up with Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. Well, good morning, Simon. Welcome to the show again. Have a nice holiday now. Um, right back into the midst of it because we've got the King George on uh, Christmas, no, Boxing Day, Boxing Day. So it's going to be yes, going to be an exciting weekend then. Yes, I think it will. And uh, I mean, the King George is always a fabulous race. You know, it's uh, it's always an enjoyable uh, watch, and um, we've had some fantastic winners over the years. I mean, it's it's role of honour certainly rivals the Cheltenham Gold Cup I think yeah. uh, it's a different test different test to the Gold Cup and we've got a horse for example Brave Man's Game who disputes in favouritism with Long Press and this is really Brave Man's Game's Gold Cup I suppose because he looked very good on the course last season and he doesn't really um, shape as, as though he's going to be a, a Cheltenham horse so much and I'm sure that Paul Nichols will have him absolutely trained to the minute. This has really been the horse's target um, since he won here 12 months ago in the Quarto Star Novices chase where he beat um, Ahoy Senor. Uh, it looks as though Ahoy Senor might run in the King George. Thought he might to go to Weatherby for the uh, Roman Merrick, but um, looks like he's going to take his chance. When Brave Man's game beat him last year, Ahoy uh, Senor didn't really jump very well and uh, he's been a bit patchy in two starts so far this season, but you can't roll him out as a talented horse. But it does look, uh, you're looking at Brave Man's game, long press, on the ratings, the other in the ratings is Envoi Allen, who won at Down Royal and has come back a horse that, uh, of course, won at the Cheltenham Festival as a novice hurdler. Been a bit hit and miss over fences, but came back with a win at uh, Down Royal. But... I think it probably will lie between Brave Man's Game and Long Press. It's hard to choose between them. They've got similar profiles, actually, because they both won their 
first starts this season in good style, different races. Uh, Brave Man's Game won the Charlie Hall. Long pressed the five top weights in the rehearsal case, which is a handicap. Very good performance. And if you look back to uh, last season, Brave Man's Game also defied uh, a pretty uh, high rating in a handicap at Newbury. So they both carried weight in handicaps and they've got some very good conditions race form as well. The handicapper has long press, six pounds ahead of Brave Man's Game, which is quite a considerable amount. And I have to say, overall, I've been very impressed with Long Press. Last season, he was a, a really progressive novice chaser. He was hugely impressive when beating a Hoy Senor at the Cheltenham Festival. And I thought he had a lot in hand when he won at Newcastle for the top of stone. So if you push me, I would go with Long Press. They're both going to be fairly short prices, sort of 13 to 8, 7 to 4. There's not a lot of meat on those bones. Uh, but it's... I think if, if one or both of them run up to their form and run up to their ratings, well, they're going to fight it out. But, of course, uh, Paul Nichols has got more than just the one, hasn't he? He has. Paul's got a fantastic record in this race. He's won it 12 times. Uh, he also runs Hitman, who looks progressive, uh, won at Haydock last time out, uh, had previously been second in the old road at Aintree. The question with him is he's going up to three miles. A lot of people think that the King George has run over a flat, easy three miles, but they tend to go such a good gallop that uh, stamina kicks in at the end, so that's where he'll be tested. And Paul also runs, of course, Frodon, who won this race earlier on in his career. It was fourth last year, beat quite a long way behind Tornado Flyer. Um, he, he's a, a fantastic horse, isn't he? I mean, he's a great jumper. Bryony Frost back from injury back in the saddle they make a great combination but uh, he was beaten some way last time out behind Protector at, at Haydock in the Betfair chase uh, Paul Nichols felt it came too soon after his weight carrying win in the Badger Ailes chase first time out this season you could never rule Frodon out but at the age of 10 you would have thought that maybe one or two of those younger chasers up and coming chasers like Lon Prest and uh, like Brave Man's Game might just uh, be a bit too quick for him now yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> apart from the King George course, there's, there's, there's some good races anyway at Kempton, isn't there, And in addition to that? Absolutely, <clears throat> and all eyes will be on Constitution Hill in the Labrick's Christmas Hurdle. This horse just got an impeccable record in four starts under rules so far. It's been hugely impressive on each occasion. Got a rating of 173 already, and he's a hot favourite to win the champion hurdle at Cheltenham in March. It's hard to find any flaws in him at all. He was pretty brilliant when he beat Epitont in the fighting fifth hurdle on his return at Newcastle. So impressive when slamming John Bond at the Cheltenham Festival in March. You know, he just looks to be in a different league, to be honest. And I think a few of the trainers that have put horses in against him are really just hoping for either that, that something really odd happens, that the horse makes a mistake or something or has an off day, uh, and also maybe to pick up a little bit of prize money. It's mm -hmm. hard to see any of them really uh, getting close to Constitution Hill. Epitant is also in the race, or stable companion, doesn't have that many options. So, you know, she, she's almost got to have take a chance here. She's uh, winner of the race last year, beating Glory and Fortune, but um, she's taking on something special and she's got that big turnaround um, to make if she's going to be Constitution Hill, even though she, again, gets the mayor's allowance. So he's going to be a very short price favourite. But the, the horse is already developing a, 
a big following. There was a great reception when he came in at Newcastle after the fighting fifth. And uh, I think um, although the King George is the is the highlight race of the day, the highlight for many race goers will be uh, going to Tempton to see Constitution Hill run. Yeah. And what about the weather? Do you think that's going to make that much difference? I mean, you, you said this morning off air that it, you had a lot of rain over there. I mean, uh, what, what do you think? Is that likely to affect things? Well, it's a very wet outlook. Uh, the only thing is Kempton drains exceptionally well, but if you have enough rain, it's going to be soft. I, that's not going to be a problem for Constitution Hill. I don't think he won in the heavy at Sandown yeah. last season. When, it get, when it's heavy at Sandown on the hurdles course, that's very challenging indeed. Um, I think Nicky Henderson, he's a, he's a mindful not to give the horse a real slog um, in the run-up to the champion hurdle. He's saying that he doesn't know where to run him after Kempton. There are options. One of them would be the uh, Payot Park um, uh, champion hurdle trial. Uh, but he'd be worried about, he said he'd be worried about heavy ground because it often is heavy at Haydock. But the horse does go in it. And, yeah, um, yeah. He, he could run him in uh, one or two other races as well, perhaps the um, Kingwell at uh, Wincanton, your local track. Yeah. And, and maybe even carry top weights in the Betfair hurdle at, at Newbury. That would be very exciting. But I suspect that he's going to play a cautious game in the run-up to the champion hurdle if all goes well in this Christmas hurdle, which one imagines it, it should do. Yeah. And then, of course, on, uh, is it Tuesday, Wednesday, um, Chepstow, the, the Welsh Grand National comes up. Yes, we've got the Welsh Grand National, and um, uh, funnily enough, the ground at Chepstow this morning is described as good good to soft in places. I, I can't believe that it won't turn soft and, and testing if if they get the sort of rain that's falling in the southeast this morning and is set to continue for much of the uh, holiday period. So one supposes that uh, the Welsh Grand National will, will be running the usual conditions, that it'll be a real test of stamina, but um, as, as it stands at the moment, Chepster seems to have avoided a lot of the, uh, of the wet weather. It looks uh, wide open. We haven't actually got the declarations yet. There's um, some strong contenders. The best handicapped horse in the race is Venetia Williams's uh, Mayor Quick Wave, who was a very impressive winner at Sandown in the London National. Um, at the beginning of December, won very easily there. She's got a four-pound penalty, but is set to go up by uh, another five pounds in future handicaps, so she's very well handicapped. Another horse that carries a penalty is the Big Dog, an Irish challenger, who was quite well fancied for this race last year, made a very bad mistake, and uh, his rider, Johnny Burt, lost his eye, so he pulled him up. But the Big Dog won uh, a competitive uh, handicap chase at Navan last time out at Troystown, handicap chase and an earlier one at Limerick so he's in very good form and I would also mention the Galloping Bear who won a couple of staying chases last season at Lingfield and then at Haydock when beating Haydock Court Specialist at Bristol to May in the William Hill Grand National trial he lost that race subsequently uh, failed a, a, a drug test had a bad banned substance much to his connections disappointment uh, very disappointed indeed he's had a run over hurdles this season and uh, this is will definitely have been uh, his target and uh, i think uh, the galloping bear could run a very strong race indeed and harry fry has also laid out asked me early for the race asked me early who's got a, a winner chepstow behind him and uh, ran pretty well when third of banger first come out this season behind the uh, subsequent 
Newbury winner, La Milos. So he's a horse that really likes the track, and he's another that uh, has been trained to the race. Well, I should be pushing for the Galloping Bear because he's literally within spitting distance of where I am. So um, he's Ben Clark's yeah. just up the road from us. So uh, I will be yeah. ho hoping that he'll have a good run. I think he's quite a promising trainer, Ben Clark. He doesn't have many horses, but um, you know, I think he showed with this horse last year that he can really do the job well. Mm. What's impressive about the Galloping Bear, particularly in the race at Haydock, it was as gruelling a handicap chase as you'll ever see. Uh, a lot of horses cried enough a long way out and uh, he just keeps on galloping yeah. and uh, you know he had uh, in that race last year at Hayden you had horses like Lord de Manil, who's in the Welsh National Sam Brown who went on to win at Aintry they were pulled up City Ismail who won the uh, market race and staying the national chase so you know it was a really tough race and yeah. uh, I imagine that uh, they'll be hoping that the ground eases Mm. Uh, for the galloping bear, uh, certainly softer than the current description of good, yeah. because he just is now out and out stayer, and he's running off the same handicap rating, which he ran off in that Haydock race. So, you yeah, know, there's a case to be made for him for sure. Well, because Sam Brown is um, his his owner is is heavily involved in our local cricket club, so uh, we get we get to hear about Sam Brown as well down here. You know, we're not uh, we're not cut off from all the news. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I always think you're in the wilds, you yeah. know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Sam Brown's not in the um, Welsh National. I just wonder. I'm just going to have a quick look and see if he's got an entry um, uh, over uh, the Christmas holidays. Let's have a look. Because uh, no, he's not entered actually. I suspect that Haydock might be on the agenda again for him, mm. and I'm almost certain that. Um, after his winner Aintree at the Grand National meeting, that that will be a target yeah. once again. If he doesn't run in the Grand National, I mean, he's a he's a horse that could. Um, yeah, well, that, I know that's a, that's a possibility. But he, he did run in a race I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was two or three weeks ago. So um, yes, he it, was he was last of it. Well, it wasn't last. He was fifth behind Noble Yates yeah. um, at Aintree. So uh, in the Mini Clouds chase, so it was a pretty strong race, but you know, not up to his best form in that he's beaten a long way but mm. um, uh, it's been the case in the past he's been a bit hit and miss and then he, he strikes fall and as I say he was pulled up in the race that um, the Galloping Bear won at Haydock last February yeah. and then bounced back to win at Atrey beating yeah. Sham Blue so um, it looks as though Sham Blue incidentally is going to run at Weatherby on Boxing Day um, and uh, I think that course suits him very well and uh, I, uh, from what I've heard, I think he'll, he'll take a bit of beating in that uh, Roland Merrick chase at uh, Weatherby on Boxing Day. Well, there you go, listeners. There's another little tip in the quiet for you. So uh, that's, that's good. Um, right, well, love it. I mean, you know, it's obviously going to be one, one hell of a weekend, isn't it? Well, it's not a weekend, but it's well, a couple it's, of days. But yes, it's fantastic racing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's Kempton on Tuesday as well. You know, yeah. you've got um, uh, running there will be uh, Edward Stone, who's, uh, you know, strong fancy for the. Queen Mother Champion Chase now after his win in the Tingle Creek. He runs in the Desert Orchid Chase, should take all the beating in that. And you've got a good novice chase at Kempton on Tuesday as well, which uh, may feature, we haven't got the decorations yet, but Thunder Rockers won his two chases in good style. Lack de Constance is a very highly regarded horse trained by Dan Skelton, looks set to run in the Wayward Lad novice's chase. And maybe Boot Hill, who's uh, 
got a, got an entry for Harry Fry, and uh, you know he he ran respectably, I thought, behind the very smart John Bond uh, at Sandown last time. I don't think he was at all disgraced to be beaten eight lengths by John Bond, who clearly is an exceptionally uh, exceptional horse, and it just shows how good uh, Constitution Hill must be because um, John Bond couldn't really get close to Constitution Hill yeah. at uh, Cheltenham. You're right there, Simon. So where will you be plying your trade then this week? Uh, I keep calling it the weekend. It's not a weekend, but um, where, where are you going to be? I've got a, a rather more low-profile um, job to do at Fontwell. Oh, right. Um, okay. On boxing there. Yeah, so yeah. I will be uh, watching avidly. I've checked the times of the races at Fontwell and they, they knit in nicely with the racing at Kempton, so it should be possible to watch all the all the racing at Kempton uh, in between the races at Fontwell, so looking forward to it anyway. Going yeah. to Fontwell, you see, in the south here, it's soft at Fontwell and looking at the rain, I'm sure it'll probably turn heavy. Uh, good stuff on the hurdles course, but uh, I would anticipate, you know, that the ground is going to ease. The only thing, as I say, at Kempton, it, it's such a, such a good draining course that uh, despite a lot of rain, sometimes it can still ride pretty well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Simon, thank you ever so much for that. That's, that's uh, more than more than a precise um, overview of what's happened over the uh, the Christmas period. So, uh, thank you very much for that. And um, you're no, welcome. No doubt, we'll be talking to you again in the near future. Will do, Aidy. All the best. Thank uh, you very much, sir. Have a lovely Christmas. And you, sir. And you, and thank you for all your contributions throughout the year. Not at all. Okay thank, then. Thanks a lot. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Well, that was a sporting life, Simon Holt there with his uh, views on Kempton on Boxing Day and Chepstow the day after. So now it's time to catch up with you-know-who, but he's on safari again. Yeah, this time he's over in Sweden, would you believe? But he's still got all modern technology at his fingertips and uh, hopefully he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the horses. Of course, it's Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin, or should I say afternoon? Um, what's the weather like in Sweden then? Um, it's uh, had about seven or eight inches of snow a few days ago, and then the rain came. Yeah. And then it iced over, so it was lethal. Um, but no, we've got a little covering of snow now. It's about a couple of degrees below freezing. So, yeah, it's pretty Christmassy. Oh, that's okay then. Yeah. Yeah. What you like uh, when you're in a, in a country uh, like Sweden? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go then. That's all right. <laughs> What's it like with you? Raining? It's not raining. Well, it has been raining, but it's not raining right now. It's that horrible sort of winter sun that's is at the wrong angle, and it gets in your eyes wherever you are. But um, no, apart from that, he's it's uh, it's all right. I'm oh, just looking at the racing post. There's some sad news that Q Card has died. No. Hmm. What? Well, I'm blown. Yeah. What happened to him then? What? What? What happened? I'm just. To him hang on, I'm just reading it. God, that's had a heart crazy. attack. He's been a great horse, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, bless him. On I Friday. Happens for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrible. There we go. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There we go. Never mind. Right. So um, anyway, Fontwell, Fontwell, Fontwell race cards. I think mean, we'll start in Fontwell Park. Uh huh. Some good racing now. You want to follow, uh, you know, people on, on Boxing Day, you want to be following Nichols, Gary Moore, and Nicky Henderson. Three trainers that have probably got really big chances, you know. 
Yeah, knowing you, you'll be doing just that, won't you? I didn't well will be. And um, if we're going to pop, well, in the 11.57, Nomis Hurdle, uh, I like number one, Gavega. I think it will give away the penalty. Uh, Noel Houlihan takes three pounds off. Um, it's, uh, I don't know if Gary Moore bought this horse, actually. A guy called Ashley Head, lovely guy, owns this mare by authorised. So she won't mind the soft ground that's soft down there, which it probably will be. And uh, she comes from the great family of Quivega, who I'm sure everybody remembers, who won four times at the Cheltenham Festival, the mayor's race. And um, I think her dam is a half-sister to Quivega. So it went to Lingfield the other day, absolutely hacked up. Before that, it won a point-to-point um, in Ireland and, again, had done it well. So I think Givega, that's one for your doubles and trebles, not going to be the biggest price, but that's in the 11.57 at Fontwell Park. Okay. So that is my first selection for the day. Um, I know that uh, I know that Gary Moore fancies a few down there. He's got some nice horses actually all over the place. Um, and uh, yeah, he's got some I think he's got some really good chances. One horse that I think could win the at 12.32 is a horse called Beaufort West. It was second at Plumpton the other day. Uh, not in a brilliant race, but um, the change horses always look well and that's Andy Irvine. But um, they've been a bit quiet last year, but they come good now, start to come good now. So I'd say that one won't be too... Uh, far away, I wouldn't be um, trying to pay the mortgage off on it, but um, <clears throat> I think it's got a pretty good chance of uh, going close here today. Okay. Um, right, what else have we got down at Fontwell Park? Um, Gary Moore runs another nice horse down there called Teddy Blue. It was third to first street at Newbury in a good race last time out. Before that, it was a winner at Fontwell Park by 20 lengths. That'd be surprised if that one gets beaten um, and it's called Teddy Blue number two in the 142 at Fontwell Park okay. right moving on uh, looking through at Fontwell uh, for my next selection Some quite competitive racing down there and I know they'll get a good crowd at the sort of place that I always joke when I'm hosting the restaurant there. I say, girls and boys, listen carefully. Um, now, girls, um, you can uh, you can give the boys a day off and cooking and preparing all the lunch on Christmas Day and taking the football park for Christmas uh, for Boxing Day, and they all sort of get a bit annoyed. But um, it's uh, it's it's a good crowd get there. There'll probably be about 140 people in the restaurant. Mm. So not a bad place to go. Yeah. Um, on, on Boxing Day. Indeed Where not. Where Boxing Day, anyhow? Anyway? Boxing No, don't, don't know. There's, there's a pram race and there's uh, the hunt meets in the middle of Crewcarn, so I might go into that. Oh, right. Um, but pram I should probably... Race. Do you get probably, in the pram or not? No, I don't get in the pram, no, no. Um, I tend to throw things out of the pram, as a rule, um, <laughs> as the expression goes. Uh, but... Um, and then I should probably pop into the pub for a quick one and then get back in time to watch the um, uh, King George. Yeah, um, King George. And then when I've seen I that... I might get a wing canton. No, 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 no. 
and then when I've seen that I should then switch on because I've got one of these fire stick things and I better watch Man United play Nottingham Forest as well so there you go Oh, how nice is that? How lovely. So mm. you've got right old day plan, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Right, indeed. let's get to Wincanton. 12-18 at Wincanton. There's a novice limited handicap chase and horse called Tweed Skirt, trained by Henderson. It jumped for fun the other day around Kenton. Really nice and neat. The Boyneville Road at that day. Bowen Riders is there. Went up £10 for winning, but I think it'll win. Tweed Skirt in the 12-18 at um, Wincanton again, good racing down at Wincanton as it always is. Um, I mean, it is just terrific racing. Um, and James Vaughan, I think, will complete a quick fire double on a horse with no name. Uh, fifth in a decent race at Newmarket last time out, it was a winner at War York and a winner at Newbury on the flat. Um, it's odds on, but those horses like the first one of Gary Moore's at Fogel and these two horses in the first two races at Wincanton are going to be pretty skinny odds, but if you whack them in a £10 win treble, and I think that's what probably Mary's going to be doing um, take them in a £10 win treble, you know, if you get 4 or 5 to 1 the odds, it's not a bad um, day's work really, is it? No, absolutely not I think Mary would be glued to the TV uh, over Boxing Day and uh, watching her racing and uh, having a little glass of champagne, which you don't cause on Boxing Days oh. and uh, holidays. Yeah, oh. sitting back there with the old newspaper yeah. and her phone, ha having a bet um, with you know, whoever Star Sports or Coral or mm. 365, I don't know which firm she uses mostly. So um, happy Christmas to Mary. Indeed. Indeed. Happy right. Christmas, Mary. The and 28 is the Lord Storbridge um, Gold Cup and uh, again good race um, Nichols has got what's called Milan Bridge who was a bit disappointing you have to say last time out of Santa and having one at Scott um, he's got another runner in there as well but I tell you the horse that could just run a big race here and it probably should have won at Sandown, and that is called Step Back and that's about 9 to 1 it's trained by Mark Bradstock, ridden by Lily Bradstock. If she gets this out the gate and gives it a kick in the belly to get it out in front, um, it jumps for fun, this one, and it ran a very good race last time. I, I meant to have spoken to her about it, really, because she just came off the rail down the back straight, and when she came up the running, she went left instead of right off to challenge. But I think um, she might have just won. She's only beaten one and a half lengths. And I think this one, at nine to one, is a big price in the 128 at Wincanton. OK. So, on to the 2.03, and uh, Nichols runs a horse called Hula Goat here. Um, he was second last time out at Taunton, third the time before at Taunton, but he did win at Newbury, and if it just continues to just dry out a little bit with you, I don't think you'll be too far away, to be honest. So he's not a bad horse, runs in the colours of the owners' club and that shawl goat in the 203 at Wincanton. Right. Um, right, as we say, don't really fancy anything in the handicap hurdle, which is the 238. That brings us on to the per temps race at 315. These races are always, you know, 
quite difficult to 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 win their challenging races and their you know horses are getting qualified to go to Cheltenham in March. But there's one actually that always runs a good race uh, here, and that's Annual Invictus and Umbregado. But I think Umbregado might be the one that uh, finishes in front of this day, number two, and that's in the 3.15 at Wing Canton. Right, let's get on to the big one down at Kenton Park. Alien, it's some great racing there. Isn't it? I mean, every every uh, every year I used to go to Kenton. If I wasn't going to Kenton on a boxing day, I'd be worried. And, um, you know, it's a great meeting to go to and get on some good horses. And here in the first race, it looks a very, very, very tricky race. Um Nico de Boinville rides a horse called away in the lad that ran quite well at uh, Astrid the other day when third to Crambo and uh, probably at around about the price doors at the moment, around about twelve to one. I'd say he's got an each way chance and that's away the lad in the twelve ten at Kempton Park. All right. Tricky races at 12.45, and that's the Ladbrokes Long Walk Hurdle. Um, you've got Champ running here. John Joe O'Neill Jr. takes the ride on in. You've got Goshen trying three miles for the first by Not So Sleepy, who uh, he dead heated, of course, in the um, fighting fifth with Epitant last year. Didn't run too well this year. Paisley Park, who came from a long way back to pick up Champ at Newbury the other day. Horse called Miranda of Philly, who's very consistent, I think, won at Haydock the last day. But the horse that I'm going to go for here is the horse that I've lost money on, but I have won a few quid on him as well. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go for Goshen. Goshen. Um, he won not a great race last time out, and that was at Ascot. But that was over hurdles, two miles three, having run a poor race when third or fourth to Gal Road in his first novice chase in October. I think the ground was too quick, to be honest. And, um, you know, when you go around Kempton over three miles, trying it for the first time, there's only two hurdles to, between a three-mile race and a two-and-a-half-mile race. And it's sort of downhill. So long as they go off and go a bit of a gallop, he doesn't pull. I think Goshen might come through and pick him up here. Um, oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, dear well, you don't fancy him. Okay, I'm going to give him another go. I'm going to give him another go. <laughs> yeah, go oh, on then. Yeah, well, What's the expression? The fool uh, and his in... money are soon parted. Mm, you're absolutely right. You're probably right. Yeah, you are. But um, we shall see. We will. Yeah. We yeah, shall yeah. see. We got the Labyrinth's Quarto Star Novice Chase, where um, Nichols has got two of the five runners. Um, Time Hill. Is very disappointing over the fence. It doesn't jump well enough. He was second at Fambus at some Newbury, but Fambus absolutely skated up there. And um, I like the way he jumped. He bent his back nicely. He was sensible, kept his fences um, in a sort of professional sort of way. And I think he'll win. But Fambus, and that is uh, trained by Nichols and mm. ridden by Compton. Christmas hurdle. Uh, well, only one winner here, Constitution Hill. They're taking them on, though. Messier, 40 to 1 for the race. So royal, he's been around a while. Epitant, who's won this race a couple of times. Highway 101, not good enough. 
Constitution Hill for me is probably one of the best horses I've seen for a long time. So he will win at five to one on. You're not going to get very fast. And then, of course, we've got the Labrooks King George. Uh, what a race this is. We have got nine runners going to post all sorts of horses in the race. Rachel Blackmore of Marlon riding uh, Envoir Allen. You've got El Dorado Allen. Don't get mixed up when you bet. Brave Man's Games, the Jolly. Ahoy Senor, who ran in the race last year. Um, and ran second to Brave Man's Game run. Frozen, who could... Uh, easy lead, get out in front and uh, lead them a merry dance. Um, he ran a great race, didn't he, to win last night at uh, Win uh, time for Wincanton. But he had a hard race at Haydar. I'm not sure he's really quite good enough. Royal Pagal, they thought this was a gold cup horse. I didn't, but um, he, he's been quite well beaten since. So what wins at Lahom Press? Two to one. He's the improver, maybe, from the yard of uh, Venetia Williams. But no, uh, and Hitman, I haven't mentioned him either. I mean, I've mentioned them all. There's some good horses. I honestly think Brave Man's Game is a proper racehorse. I, I think he liked a flat track. He was disappointing. Aintree is probably over the top, but he way won it here in February. And the way he took the King George last year. Nichols is looking for his, what, 14th success in the race or 15th. So, for me, Brave, Man game, Brave Man's Game wins it from probably Nichols' other horse, Hitman, who's been the bridesmaid in plenty of races until last time at Adolf came good and won. But a pretty decent horse, and Sam Twist and Davis takes ride on him. So the King George, for me, the Labrooks King George, goes to Brave Man's game to beat Hitman. OK. And then we've got a couple of little races left there. Um, handicap over the last race. There's nothing in these races that really sort of gives me a, you know, I think, oh, gosh, I think that'll win. So I'm not going to get too excited about them. I'm probably going to pull stumps now. Wish you all a very happy Christmas. Oh, fair enough. Thank you very much, Colin. Well, um, we should be sending the boys in to sort you out if we don't get any winners. But uh, hopefully, yeah, you no know, problem at all. Hopefully you'll, you'll see the day out. Well, trouble is, you'll have to go and flog everything, won't you? Once Goshen gets stuffed, you'll be right up this creek without a paddle. So. Yeah, I blooming well will be. Mm. I blooming will be, but there we go. We shall see. Never mind. Okay, then, Colin. Well, I hope you have a lovely Christmas. And, um, and Mary, yeah. hope you have a lovely Christmas as well. Plus, all, of course, yeah. all our listeners as well. And um, we'll speak to you next week sometime. We certainly will, with the New Year's racing ahead of us. So have a great Christmas, everybody. Happy Christmas to your Mary and co. And you, Asian family, and uh, speak next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, that was you-know-who, Colin Brown, down there in Sweden with a bit of snow. And now I'm going to catch up with Dave Wilson, who's not in Sweden. Uh, but I, he's probably just around the corner, I suspect. But anyway, let's see what Dave's got to say for himself. Well, good afternoon, David. How are you? Well, we've had a bit of a up-and-down week, as they say. We went to Taunton the other day, and we had one pulled up, one two limbs clear at the last, and he fell. We went to Foss last, we had one fall, and then the other one went lame in the next race, and we had one running at air, and uh, 
sad to say that he's departed. He, he, he finished sixth and he had a heart attack after the line. So we've had a bit of a rough week with our horses this week. So uh, oh hopefully I'll uh, improve next week. So uh, yeah, we, shall, yes. uh, we shall see. We've had uh, the ups and downs of racing and it's another bit of sad news that's just coming out at the moment. His cue cards passed away today. Yes, and, I saw uh, that. He was out on the gallops and... Uh, he had a heart attack as well, so it's uh, not been a good week for no. racing horses or, or the old retired ones. He was yeah. to lead the procession out for the King George on Boxing Day cue cards. So oh, rather no. unfortunate, and yeah. uh, just passing all my deepest sincere condolences to his old family for the passing of their uh, favourite old horse cue card. There, we, we put them on the map. Yeah, so, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I couldn't uh, anyway, second that. On to the. On to the action that we've got coming up at Kempton this week, and we've uh, got four selections, and they're all trained by Paul Nichols. Oh, so we're going to start with the uh, 12-10 race, and the one we like there is Rubard. He's priced up around 11-4 to 4 at the moment. Harry Cobden takes a ride, as I say, Paul Nichols trains him. He, he ran eighth in the Adonis at Kempton last year, which is a race that Paul Nichols always puts a good young horse in. Uh, he had Pleasant Man in there who was pulled up, and he had this fella in there as well, who's a mistake. Now, he's come out of that race, and he's been bought out twice at Taunton this year, and he's absolutely bolted up twice. Now, what we have noted is the second one of them wins. He beat a horse called Brentford Hope. Now, Brentford Hope's a 104-rated flat horse, so he's a uh, Class 1 standard on the flat Brentford Hope and Rhubarb being seven lengths on the bridle. Now, as we say, if you add £40 onto their flat rating handicap, that gives you their rating over hurdles, which means that Brentford hopes around about a 144 hurdles type, and he got beat seven lengths very easily by Rhubarb. So Rhubarb should be around about a 150 rated. So if he, if he runs to that level, he will absolutely bolt up in this race at Kempton on uh, Boxing Day. So... Is our first leg of our lucky 15. That's 12.10 Rhubarb. Okay. Moving down to the 12.45, and we told you this one about four weeks ago. It's a long walk hurdle, which was due to come up at Ascot, and it got called off last weekend, and it's been transferred over to Kempton on, on this card for Boxing Day. And we did say to you that Paul Nichols really fancies Moran to win the long walk hurdle. Now, she's priced up at around about three-to-one joint favourite at the moment with Champ. And Harry Cobden again takes a ride for Paul in this one. She's only had one run over three miles at the moment, and she absolutely demolished Martello Sky and Molly Ollie's wishes. I think she won the race by 11 or 12 lengths in a very good time. Uh, that was at the back end of November. So, as I say, straight after that race, we, we came on the show and we did tell everyone to keep an eye out for her at Ascot in the long walk. Unfortunately, that got cancelled due to the weather, and now she's reappearing in the long walk over over the three miles at Kempton. She's only raced at Kempton twice, and she's won twice. So she's unbeaten at the track. She loves it there, and it, everything's pointing in her favour. And as I say, the train is very bullish about the way that he thinks she's running it. So uh, that's the second leg for us. Miranda priced up around about three to one at the moment. Right now we're going to move down to the King George next, which is the 2.30 race. It used to be the 3.30 or around about the 3 o'clock, but they've changed it to 2.30 this year to make everyone have a Christmas dinner a bit earlier and get ready for Boxing Day earlier. But I don't know how much 
half an hour changes everyone's daily routines, but that's why they've done it. Okay. Uh, and the horse that we're going in here for is a Paul Nichols trained one, but it's called Hitman. It's not the favourite Braves man's game. Now, Sam Tristan Davis is taking a ride on Hitman. Now, about four or five years ago, we had the same scenario. Harry Cobden uh, took the ride on Paul's favourite in the race, and uh, Sam Tristan Davis took the ride on Clander's Oboe owned by that Sir Alex Ferguson crowd and the Man United boys, yeah. and he duly won on Clander's Oboe that year. Now, I think the same situation is going to turn up here <laughs> as happened when Clan won, won his uh, King George. They're going to be setting off at a hell of a rate of knots early on, and I think they're all going to come flying backwards at the end of a race where stamina kicks in, and I think Hitman's going to be sat off the pace and come through late. So we're going with Hitman and Sam Twist and Davis to make the third leg of our lucky 15 up in the King George 230 race there. And we just have to hope that they all do go off at a, a rapid rate and knock to them at the end of the race. So we shall see. We will indeed. Moving down to the last leg of our lucky 15, which is a 305. A uh, horse we've given twice on the show already this year, Don Alvaro. Angus Toledo rides in for Paul Nichols, and he's won twice this year for us, both at Wing Canton. And what we have noticed is the times of his races have been very, very quick. Now, in this race, he's only carrying a very light weight of around about 10 stone two or something, and uh, he's getting heaps of weight off the top horses who are carrying 11 stone 12. So, uh, with the five pound Angus claims as well, he's going to have a very light weight on his back. And as I say, he's done some very fast times around the course at Wincanton, and we think he's going to be a very good bet in that race there. He's going to be priced up around about 5, 6 to 1, so we shall see how he gets on. But that's the four we've got for you, mate, and uh, I think Paul Nichols is going to have a tremendous little period between now and uh, the middle of January when his stable goes off the boil, basically, because he goes away on holiday for two weeks to Barbados, and all his horses have the flu injection and they, they seem to go out of form for about a month and it was a very big uh, bone of contention last year at how badly the horses was running when he was away and it was all over the newspapers saying he was out of form and everything had gone wrong but it's a yearly thing with the stable that's when they inject all the horses with a flu vaccine and Paul has his two-week holiday so uh, just a bit to know if you're moving into January and looking at the nickel stable what does actually happen as it goes through that little period so uh, we'll just have to keep everyone aware of that as yeah. OK Dave well thanks for that and thanks for all the inside information and um, you know hopefully we'll finally get your lucky 15 up and boost the old injured jockeys fund hey? It will be lovely so happy Christmas everyone and uh, have a nice uh, festival period and the very same to you, sir. You have a happy Christmas as well. And we'll speak to you next Friday then. Lovely. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Well, that's just about it for this week. So uh, all it remains to be done now is to wish you all a fantastic Christmas. Uh, don't eat too much, but then again, it's only Christmas and well, I'm going to eat too much, I reckon. But anyway, hopefully you'll have a great uh, Boxing Day at Kempton or wherever you might be going and um, you know we've got a, a deluge of racing coming up for us and I'm sure that it's going to be all enjoyable and we'll all have a, a great Christmas so let's hope so but in the meantime thank you for listening to the racing show throughout the year we do appreciate your company and join us again next year please 
Until then, this is Eddie Hopper saying thanks for listening and uh, have a great Christmas. Bye for now. <laughs>